You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to our last solo episode of season five. I actually feel like this is maybe uh, a bit of a two episodes in one kind of thing, but um, there were two pieces that I really wanted to talk about. So I figured you get uh, you get a two for one here and we'll combine the two because again, as this is the last solo episode, I wanted to make sure I got both of these in for y'all. So we're going to talk about business model secrets and we're also going to talk about mindset hacks. And, you know, these are these are really important to talk about because it really is, you know, so much of what I believe in, which is mindset strategy and execution. So in some ways they fit perfectly together in this episode, right? But in terms of business model secrets, I really want to talk you through how I am thinking about business models, how a lot of my clients are thinking about them and how we can really be using them to create more ease and scalability over time, which I think is exactly what Erica is doing. Um, And then for mindset hacks, you know, I think Erica has just really, really beautifully demonstrated a lot of the things that come up as we're growing. And I think there are three really big pieces here, and I just want to talk about little shifts and hacks to address them more. So we'll start with business model secrets. We'll end with mindset hacks. But, you know, I think the beautiful thing to remember is it's always both, right? Like even when we're talking about the the strategy and the model, of course, mindset influences that. Even when we're talking about the mindset, of course, our strategy influences that. So just remember that these two play together um, in a really beautiful way and one needs the other. All right. So in terms of business model secrets, one thing that I think we've focused on with Erica um, and that I think is really important is creating programs that you can use again and again. Now, (laughs) I know this isn't, um, you know, always like the sexiest thing if we're creative sometimes, but what I really encourage my clients to do is to realize that a program isn't the only way to be creative, but the way you market that program or the way you talk about it or a new thing you might want to add to it or you know, the way you deliver your content, those kind of things can be where you use your creativity. There's always somewhere new to use your creativity in your business. But if you are only channeling them through programs, it can be really, really tough to scale long-term, right? Because ultimately, like, think about this. It it can look really glamorous um, to kind of like launch something new every month, but think about what goes into that. 12 new offers, 12 new sales pages, 12 new launches, like 12 uh, new like team meetings on what um, program is coming next. Like there's just so much that goes into creating a robust, beautiful program that serves your audience and sells. And I'm not saying it's impossible to do. I'm just saying, look at how one model can keep you constantly Um, in that hamster wheel of always having to turn something out next and how one can really keep you building on something, becoming like 
a true expert and thought leader in that. And I think that that's what so many of us truly deeply want, right? And then your creativity, again, gets to play and come out in so many other ways around that. But not feeling like you have to reinvent the wheel all the time in business is wildly freaking useful and is what creates a much more scalable business over time because you can put your time to other things as opposed to your time constantly being in an offer and a sales page, right? And when you can have that extra time to put into your marketing, to have fun with that, to build off of that, to grow your audience, like that is where I see scalability come in. And so what I think we've seen with Erica this season is, you know, she spent so much energy um, pouring into Shameless, right? And obviously it, it paid off so well for her. You know, she just had her biggest launch ever by far, like you know, really crushed it, got so much of what she wanted, feels really, really aligned to this program. Like everything is amazing there. But, you know, think about how much energy and effort has gone into this. If she just had to constantly keep repeating that in business, it would be easy to get drained fast. If she knows that like, yes, she's in a season where she's pouring that in, but next season she just gets to reuse all of that you know, maybe get really creative with a few new things for the launch or a new module she wants to add to the program, but ultimately gets to build on everything she's already created. Like, oh, that is where it gets good. That is where it gets exciting. And in my opinion, that's where we serve our clients the best too, because we're really improving upon a core thing as opposed to always creating new. Like, I think it's really hard to improve our service and get great feedback if it's always on to the next thing, right? And so um, I think that that's just beautiful to see how she is setting up the foundation for that. So whether you are someone who has a program like that and you have to give yourself permission um, to use it again and again, or you're someone that's in the season of creating it and you have to really give yourself permission to see what you're creating now as something that can live on in your business for years, I promise you, you will thank yourself for this. Like you really, really will. Like the, the clients I have that are, you know, on their fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever launch of the same program are always commenting on how they look back at that first launch and are so grateful to themselves for going through that so that they can have the ease that they do now. So they can pour even more into their clients, even more into the program and see better and better outcomes and results over time as well. So, I mean, I could, I could talk about this forever because I'm so passionate about this, but, um, you know, it makes you a thought leader, right? Because you have this core thing that you keep coming back to. It helps you deliver way better results and pour more deeply into your people. It helps your audience really get to know you for something. So they don't, randomly hear about this thing, but they are literally waiting for this thing to open up because they have heard how epic it is. It helps your clients market for you because they're talking about what an epic experience they had in this program and like encouraging others um, to join again when it opens. Like there is just so much goodness in that. Um, And the other thing that it does is that I really want to have a conversation about is 
When you can build a program like that and you know you're going to sell it again and again, what can happen is you can really start securing amazing recurring revenue, which is something else we wanted to focus on for Erica, right? She had that coming in from um, her one-on-one, but in Pleasure Treats, you know, we had done, I think, like a two-part payment plan, um, that initial launch, but I mean, it's a $99 course, right? So um, that's not really <laughs> adding much to her recurring revenue over time. Um, so we really wanted Shameless to be able to build a lot bigger of a recurring revenue stream in her business. And it totally did that. And I think that that's really important to see because I feel like in our industry, it's so easy to get caught up in, like have this big of a month, make this happen. Like, you know, get the pay in full so you can get the big win that month or the big number. But the thing with always having pay in fulls is that you have to go get more of them all the time, right? Um, You know, you may have had that big win this month, but how are you replicating it for the next six months? That's the question, you know? Um, And where I believe like real happiness and um, fulfillment and groundedness often comes from uh, for a lot of people in business is knowing that they can count on their business in that way. You know, knowing that they can plan and see that recurring revenue coming in every month. Like um, this week with a client, I celebrated um, with her that she just secured a hundred K of recurring revenue for the next six months in her business per month, right? hundred K per month of recurring revenue for the next six months. Like that is insane. Like to me, that's way better than like a 300K month or something where then you're like, oh my God, how do I repeat it? But knowing that if she did nothing else for the next six months, she would make well over half a million dollars and have her expenses and her team and her life and everything she wants covered. Like, do you see how valuable that is? Like, yes, she would could probably make it sound way sexier in terms of results if she really push pay and folds and stuff like that and have that big win in a month or something. But that's not what it's about. It's about what does the business feel like over time, right? And like with Erica, I think what we saw that was really cool is because she's built that recurring revenue and now is shameless, is she doesn't have to rush to make this next course. She doesn't have to sprint to get this next thing done to launch because she has to pull up the revenue. She sees the trajectory that she's having five-figure months consistently the whole time this program is running, you know? And so being able to count on the business in that way is such a game changer. And like, it can be hard for our ego to give up those quick wins, but it is what creates that long-term sustainability as well. Um, And I would say really all my clients that are making, you know, high six to seven figures are doing it off of this model. Now, all of them have like different programs, different types of programs, like they're doing it their way because that's really important. But when I say this model, I mean, they're creating recurring programs that they can use again and again, and they're really focused on securing recurring revenue and not like monthly MRR, right? Well, that is (laughs) monthly recurring revenue. So not, (laughs) you get what I mean. 
monthly MRR doesn't make sense, but they're, they're really concerned with that. And so again, they're all doing it in their own way with their own flavor, with their own types of programs, but with the focus on those two things, how do I create assets and programs I can use again and again? And how do I secure revenue, not just for this month or to have a big number, but to have it for months and months and months to come? right? So I really think that that is just such a a secret model in our industry because I feel like so many people get caught in the trap of almost like living month to month or like quote unquote paycheck to paycheck, even if they have a business making a lot of money in our space, because it's so based on outputting something new, right? It's like, so based on like, how quickly can I get the next offer out? And they're almost starting from scratch each month. And while that can work in some ways, I think it's just like exponentially more stressful to be perfectly honest. And I think it makes it harder to scale long-term because you're so reliant on your ability to pump these things out all the time, as opposed to really relying on your ability to perfect what's already there. So I really just wanted to share that. I'm not saying like you can't have the business model you want. Of course you can. Like obviously mine is not built on um, the same things that my clients are built on and vice versa. However, what I do really want you to think about is am I building a business model that is getting easier and easier over time? Am I building a business model that helps me stack recurring revenue over time? Those are the things I really want you to pay attention to because if you don't have an end in sight where you can see how things will get easier in your business, that's a problem. If you don't have an end in sight where you can see how your recurring revenue could really stack over time and get you to those income goals you want, that's a problem, you know? And you don't want to feel like you're starting from scratch every month, you know, because even if you have a really beautiful, abundant mindset, it still can feel like a grind. You know, you still have a team to pay. You still have um, your mortgage to pay or your, you know, rent to take care of. And so just finding the, the way that feels best to you to make sure that you have the opportunity to do those things is something I would absolutely encourage. And I think will make such a difference, not only in your long-term ability to scale, but quite honestly, how much you enjoy the business right now. (laughs) Um, I think there is really, really something to be said for the fact that most of us did not start these businesses to have to pump out a sales page every month, right? Most of us started these businesses to really serve people for things to feel much more aligned, much more easy, that kind of stuff. And so just really encouraging you to think about that and come back to that and look at how you can build these things into your own model in a way that feels good and that also serves you deeply over time. And again, serves your clients really deeply over time too, right? Because they can take the payment plan. Maybe that serves them a ton because they can be part of this like legacy program that you have poured so much into and they know they um, are getting so much value out of. Like those things matter. So really just a beautiful opportunity to look at that in your own business. Like, are you right on track for this? Is there something you can take away from this? Is there something that needs to be tweaked? But I think these really are like the business model secrets that I think a lot of people are using in our industry, but maybe 
um, just don't always sound as sexy. And so just wanting to keep coming back to that and keep giving you the real view there. And again, I think it's what's about to make Erica's next year so much easier and so much better too, because she has these core things that she can reuse that create recurring revenue and that she can build on year over year. Okay. Amazing. So let's move on to mindset hacks. So I think, I mean, listen, I think there are a lot of amazing (laughs) things that we could cover, but I think the three that are really coming up, um, the most recently for Erica, I think are the three that I really see come up for most people when they're really growing and scaling. And I think that's totally the season that she's in, you know, of serving more people in her business, really growing, going from, you know, 5K months to 10K months to 20K to 30K. Like she's really, really creating um, big leaps and expansion. And I think these are the things that pop up. So I wanted to talk to you about them. So the first one is how important it is to break the habit of reactivity. Oh, Erica is working her little butt off on this one. And I just have to give her so much damn credit. I, I just marvel at you know, the, the amount of effort she has been putting into this one. Um, because here's the thing, when we're in reactivity mode in our business, everything feels like a big deal, even if it isn't right. And so the hack is to become more planful to avoid this because then most things don't feel like a big deal. Now, easier said than done, right? But that might mean we have to rework our mindset and what we believe around planning and find a way to do it that feels good um, to us. But that is such valuable work, which is what you see Erica going through is like trying to figure out like, what is the way to plan that feels good to me? And how do I rework what I have made planning mean, right? Because a lot of times at the beginning of our business, we almost have to be in reactivity mode. Um, You know, it's really hard to like, create a year-long business plan when you've never signed a client, right? Like you have no data or experience to go off of. And so it's really, really tough to do that. And so in some ways you kind of are in a bit of reactivity mode, but as you grow and get more clients and a team and have way more responsibilities and all of the things that Erica is, um, you know, coming up against good things, but still real, real stuff, um, that mentality doesn't work very much anymore. And I think, you know, she has realized that so deeply and is in the process of unwinding that. And I think it's just really beautiful for us all to look at as well. Like, can I see where I am really putting myself in reactivity mode in my business? And how do I rework that by reframing what my relationship to planning is? And by really letting myself test, what is a way to plan that feels good to me? Um, I think that you know, for me personally, one of the rules that we have, like as a company culture kind of rule at a lit of life is nothing is an emergency. And I think that's maybe like the, the best <laughs> like thing I've ever, um, put into play, I guess maybe except for like client first, <laughs> client first mentality. Um, but otherwise that's like the second best thing I've ever put, um, into practice in my business because it really prevents everyone from making like mountains out of molehills and self-included because it is so damn easy to get worked up over a thing that does not matter because we feel the adrenaline and reaction related to it. And when we really take that um, mentality of like, there's a plan for stuff 
and nothing is an emergency, you can just feel how neutral you can get about business. You can feel how much easier it is to run it. And you can feel how day to day, nothing feels like that big of a deal, right? But it really takes that mindset shift of reworking what it means. Because I think for a lot of us, we're confusing reactivity with like flow. You know, it's almost like, oh, I'm in flow, but are you or are you reactive all the time? (laughs) Like that's really a big, big difference. Or, you know, for Erica, she was kind of, you know, equating uh, reactivity to this like old version of herself that she was really having to make peace with and let go of, you know, it felt like part of her identity was being um, lost or shifted there. And so it, it, this is like really important stuff and it runs deep. It's not to say it's just as easy as like, we'll just make a plan and follow it. But on the other hand, don't ignore that either. Because when we can stop being so reactive and we can be more planful and when we can feel really good about the planning, it's pretty fucking wild what can happen in our businesses and how much easier things will get over time because literally nothing feels like that big of a deal. Or when something does happen that is a big deal, like, you know, Erica had that um, situation happen where her course was plagiarized. Well, Okay, she then has the bandwidth and the um, the capacity, emotional and otherwise, to deal with it because the other things are ticking along smoothly, right? So like her launch of pleasure treats didn't have to be impacted um, by that happening because it was planned. We were reusing content. It was done in advance, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so then when this big thing did pop up, she was able to fully handle it instead of having been reactive to everything in her business. And then this big thing pops up and then like everything gets derailed. Does that make sense? I think it's just really important to see how those fit together, which leads me to the next mindset point, Um that I want to talk about, which is how letting it be easy can be really hard, (laughs) right? But that doesn't mean not to do it. So I think this is something all of us come up against as our businesses grow is that tension of letting it be easy. You know, Um, when you use that model that we talked about, you know, that business model that we talked about, things really should get easier and easier over time in your business. Um, and that can be hard to stomach and hard to process, especially if you've equated your hard work to your success, or if you've create, uh, uh, oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like if you've intertwined hard work with being a good person, you know, obviously several other versions of that, but there's just a lot of reasons that just letting it be easy can feel so damn challenging. Um, and again, I, almost everyone I've worked with that has really grown or scaled has come up very, very, very much on this exact issue and has had to work through it. I certainly have. Um, I have always really been a very hard worker and really um, had a lot of pride in that. And so finding ways to still honor those parts of myself without making a lot of work for the sake of work has been a huge um, undertaking for me in my own business. Uh, But what I want to say about that that's so important is 
this will be some of your hardest work and (laughs) please lean into it. Like because letting it be easy is so hard, I think so many people just tap out of that. And, you know, I think you can see with Erica too, there are points where she wants to tap in and out of that. You know what I mean? Like, I think she really wants it to be easy. And there are also a lot of times where she really hates that, right? We talked about Pamela and like processing so much of that, right? Um, But one of the things that I have found to be really helpful that feels like a bridge that my brain was able to find going through this process is to see how I am the one that created ease in my business, right? Ease is not like this random occurrence that I am lucky is happening and I should like thank my lucky stars and hope it doesn't go away. No, that is not what is happening. I put in the foundational work to create all of this. And the more I acknowledge it, the more I feel like ease is a choice I'm making that feels really safe as opposed to this thing that like I I almost like can't understand or can't get my head around. And it's like a little bit of a cheat because it still associates it with work. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I put in the work to have ease right now. So my brain can digest that a little bit better because I do believe we have to show up and put in effort and energy and attention for the things we want. So when I can see, well, I did all of that and that's what has bought me some ease now, it really is easier to swallow and understand. And when I can see that it wasn't this like, you know, random thing that could go away tomorrow, but this thing that I have truly built and cultivated over time, it really puts me back in the driver's seat there. And I feel less like, you know, scared of this unknown. So I think that that can be a really good hack, especially if you're someone that like has deep um, connection and value to hard work. We don't have to say like, well, hard work just doesn't ever matter. It's just not a thing. No, we can say the point of putting in some of that foundational work is to create this ease over time. And so what was the point of that if I'm not taking it? What was the point of setting all that up if I'm not willing to use it? You know, like even... Even to the business model example, what was the point of pouring my entire heart and soul into this program if I'm not willing to launch it again and have it be easy? So we can really see how those play together. You know, another way that I have bought ease in my business is I hire a team, right? And that again, helps my brain see like, oh, I created this. It was intentional. It's safe. As opposed to like, oh my God, I don't know. What is happening, right? No, I I created these foundations that made me enough money to hire a team to make it easier. Like when I can see all of those steps together, my brain really can feel safer and get on board with it. So I think that that's just a hack that you can use to kind of bridge that gap when letting it be easy is feeling really, really tough. That makes you feel way more empowered in it and makes you feel way safer letting that ease in. Amazing. Okay. So the last mindset hack that I want to talk about is addressing fear of success. I think it is really interesting to see how Erica is in many ways so much more fearful of success than failure. Um, And again, I've seen this with so many clients and self-included. I personally when I started this business, had way more of a fear of success than failure. Um, that unknown 
can be very, very scary. Um, you know, and, and it can feel like it comes with a ton of weight and a ton of responsibility and a ton of um, negativity even, you know, online or whatever. And so it is totally real and it needs to be addressed. Um, and I think one of the best hacks for that that I personally know of and have worked on it with myself and so many of my clients is trusting yourself to handle what comes. Self-trust is literally everything in business growth, right? And where I think fear of success gets really scary is we feel like things will come that we absolutely cannot handle, cannot control, right? Um, And of course, we're going to have to surrender control at different points. And of course, we're not going to be able to uh, control every facet of everything that could ever happen. But do you deeply trust yourself to handle what comes? Do you deeply believe that you either have or will acquire the skills or support needed to address what comes? Do you know that there will be plenty of new issues that come, <laughs> right? Are you acknowledging that, of course, with success comes these issues? It's not going to be perfect and rainbows and butterflies, but I know I can handle it. When you can deeply work on your self-trust, that fear of success starts to dissipate more and more over time at the resistance you're putting up to letting you know, more clients or more money in really starts to dissolve. Like I even see that with clients a lot with money where it's like they truly do not trust that they know how to handle a lot more money coming into their business. And so that's some of the work we have to do is like, how do we trust ourselves deeply around money before it even comes in so that we're not resisting it coming in? How do I trust myself deeply with clients before I have a ton so that I can let them come in? Do you see how important that is? Like it kind of all circles back to this idea of how deeply can I trust myself? And it doesn't mean you have to figure it out all on your own. Like you might deeply trust that you're always willing to hire the next best expert or you're always willing to get, you know, deeper support if you need to. Like it doesn't mean it's all on your shoulders, but it means you trust that you will take the step that is best for you. And maybe that will be an imperfect step and maybe you'll get it wrong sometimes, but do you trust yourself to handle it each step of the way? So if you're really in that place right now, and I'm asking some of this and you are like, oh my God, I totally do not trust myself with more money, or I totally do not trust myself with more clients. That's okay. It just show It's just showing you where your opportunity is to grow more to deepen that self-trust. I ask myself this question a lot as I want to grow. Um, We had our first million dollar year this year and I did a lot of work to be like, do I trust myself with that much money? Do I trust myself getting paid that much by clients? Do I trust myself that I'm putting that much value out into the world? Do I trust myself that um, if a team member left that I would figure it out? Like all the things that feel scary and could come with that, I had to really build my trust muscle around that to see like, yeah, I really do. I think it might be really hard if someone left, but I trust that we would handle it. Yeah, I really do. I trust that, um, you know, I'm showing up so fully for my clients and I trust that I will keep doing that. Like there are just so many little pieces to uncover there. And the more we do that work, the easier it is to go do the strategy. You know what I mean? Like 
if I trust that my program is deeply valuable and I will always take the feedback and make things right if someone is unhappy and, you know, do the absolute best I can in every scenario, then it's really easy to go sell the program. (laughs) If I don't trust that, all of a sudden, everything about selling the program feels hard down to like the exact language I'm using in this email subject line. Do you know what I mean? Um, So it's just really cool to see that this is like the foundation under so many of the things that we're creating problems around. And if we sink way down here and solve this fear of success, fear of letting more money or more clients in or whatever, the rest really gets pretty simple. So that's kind of my hack there. Trust yourself to handle what comes. Trust yourself to know that if you don't always get it right, you'll always make it right. Trust yourself to know that there will be new issues. You're not you know, living in fantasy land, but you really believe in your ability to handle them. That is magic. So I hope this was helpful. I really am glad we got to cover both of those things and how you could see how much they're intertwined. But really think about that business model. The goal is a business model that gets easier over time, y'all. And then the goal is a mindset that supports that ease, (laughs) right? A business model that gets easier over time, a mindset that that supports that ease and growth. And damn, you've got it made. Like that's, that's what almost all of us want is our best, you know, business model that comes with ease and growth, right? So I really, really hope this episode supported supported you. I hope it showed you some new opportunities of maybe mindset work that you need to do or maybe some shifts in your business model, or maybe it just confirms that you're on exactly the right track and need to keep going. And either way, I thank you so, so, so much for listening. Thank you for being here. I thank you for being so deep into this season and so invested in Erica's journey. I, oh, I'm just so grateful for how this season has um played out for all that we've been able to showcase behind the scenes for being able to have these conversations because of what Erica has so willingly let us into in her life and business. So thank you to Erica. If you, (laughs) if you are listening to this and thank you to everyone else for listening, make sure to show Erica some love. If you have any questions uh, for me on this, obviously always reach out to me and thank you as always for being here. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset, strategy, and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.